should make a fumble playlist. She said, All of my bitches got friends. All of my bitches got friends. All right. That's what you wanted me to do. Yeah, that's him. You might have to edit that in. Yeah, like, we can do it with the. But anyway, we're ready, aren't we? We are. Yeah. No. So, um,. Yeah, so Manu, you go ahead. Uh, I'm Manu from Argentina. I'm Sierra from Bermuda. I'm Aina from Finland. Yeah, and I'm Billy from Kenya. So, basically, <laughs> um, uh, we started a podcast for the fact that we thought that we should have more outreach activities within and outside campus, um, just to you know, go ahead and spread the feminist narrative. And it would also be great to document, like, something tangible that we could look back on and measure our development as a club for the future generations. So something that could get that they could get inspired from. Um, so basically, more activity on our Instagram page. Go follow us, um, Tempo. And perhaps seek to attend more talks outside of campus, if possible. You know, basically spreading the message and being more, you know, assertive of what we're doing today. So, at our last and first FEMPO session, um, essentially what we decided to do was get everyone acquainted, I suppose you could say, so involved so we had them do an activity where basically we asked them to either draw a picture or write down a set of qualities that they attribute to beautiful and yeah I thought it was really interesting because I think it says a lot not only about us but how you know we're at a school that's international but still in some ways the media has affected us all to a certain extent in terms of like ideology and influence yeah and we also ended up discussing a bit about backgrounds further into expectations of femininity and what it means in a broader sense of view plus it was obviously like an introductory se session of like what we're going to do this year within our within the campus and in addition to that, I think it was a really nice meeting to create a community and I felt that a lot of girls on campus felt that it was a really safe place to talk about experiences that they had like in social media or like discrimination that they've been through mm -hmm. because of their condition of women, etc. So yeah. Yeah, so in essence of our first conversation today, um, we want to talk about femininity and you know like what does femininity mean to us or like what does femininity mean to you so i'm gonna start <laughs> for me i think <clears throat> femininity for me means basically being a woman i think being someone who's been on twitter for a total of like two weeks <laughs> i realized <laughs> i realized femininity and being a woman are two like 
different things. And I thought that uh, being a woman basically equated to being feminine for the longest time. And so the definition for me for femininity was basically in essence of looking or acting or being like a woman. And I only just came to realize that that's a very stunted definition of the word itself. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. Like, femininity, you know, that that word is low-key my equivalent to Nemo's anemone. Anemone? Anyway, femininity, that's femininity for me. I think being able to display feminine attributes is important in of itself, but I do think it is important to note that being a woman, I think is more so about like the personal decision for people to express themselves in the ways right. in which they choose and i think femininity has its own sort of like issues because with that i think sometimes people feel like more at risk like for say the whole like you should watch what you wear thing right. like i feel like that's encompassed under embracing your feminine side mm -hmm. but being open and not confusing that with womanhood as a whole I think is a challenge that many people are unaware of. Yeah, I definitely agree with the like that there exists kind of like toxic femininity mm -hmm. at the same time, but I personally because I see femininity still kind of like very as stereotypical attributes of like what a stereotypical female or a woman would look like with like nurture and care and stuff like that but on the contrary i i feel like i've kind of like grown myself back into those values instead of kind of like trying to assert my power in this world through like very very masculine and male dominated mm. like assertiveness right. or some sort of like dominance mm -hmm. so then there's there's like there's there's a whole lot to kind of like reclaim in my opinion mm -hmm. within femininity. Mm. Mm, yeah, and I think adding to that maybe femininity starts. I I don't know how to put it this in words, but basically, it starts in a way of how you show yourself, how you like the clothes you wear, how your body is or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it might end up on the behaviors and the actions you take and what is your role on society, what is your role as a feminine woman on society, and because you need to be feminine, feminine, is that even a word? Yeah. Okay, uh, that might limit you to do a lot of stuff that men are allowed to do, because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, for the most part, like, the definition of femininity was very mainstream. I mean, being, a like living in Africa and being an African at the time heterosexual woman basically meant that femininity meant you know wearing dresses being plain and proper and I have a mother who's very like in the sense of the word feminine like she's very put together she does her hair like every other week her nails are always very trim like she always wears like dresses and skirts and if she wears pantsuits she puts like a little heel on them like she's a very mm -hmm. well put together woman and uh, for the most part like I've always been myself 
right? So, for my mother, I remember there was a time when I was like 15. I went through like, I don't think it's a rebellious stage because it's still going on. It's basically just part of me. <laughs> um, where I wouldn't shave my armpits. And I remember one time my mom came up to me and she's like, a lady shaves her armpits. And I was like, mom, <laughs> I have a vagina. <laughs> so that does not exempt me from being a lady because I still carry myself as what I identify as. So body growing, hair growing on my body, sorry I interchanged the words, hair growing on my body does not, you know, reduce me as a woman in any way, shape, or form because I'm still a woman. And she, I remember she got very frustrated about that and we didn't really have a conversation about it ever again. She just let me do whatever I had, which I thank her for because now I'm able to make my own decisions. But for her, like in her generation, being able to quantify being a lady by, you know, being clean shaven, your hair always done, your nails done, it's quite fascinating for me. Yeah, I can sense that. I had a completely contrary experience since, like, my mom was very not <clears throat> feminine in a traditional sense. And I, femininity, like, caring for your outlook, kind of like what was perceived as others as feminine. Like, you know, doing your nails, doing your hair, putting on some makeup, some high heels. I learned that when I got in touch with like the rest of the society like I went to school and I was suddenly expected to wear a dress for like the Christmas fest of the school or whatever versus then like because back home it was more about like nurturing and you had to just like be useful as a woman you just had to do your job it doesn't it didn't really matter how you looked but like it was more about like her and those sorts of like responsibilities that came that came to like define me femininity that age. I think for me growing up back home a lot of what I saw was submissiveness and I think like it's a looking back at it now I can see how toxic of a trait that is to attribute to being feminine like having to be weaker and not just in so many different senses like in the community as not having a voice or like having to be more mellow and when you bring in intersectionality you see that part of that narrative is not only as my identity as a woman but it's also partly due to the fact that I'm a black woman and there's this like angry black girl narrative that I have to be even more aware of the way in which I come across because as much as I would wish that it doesn't, my skin color does play a role in the way that I'm perceived. And so I have to have a heightened conscious of what it is that I'm doing and how I'm portraying myself so as to make it further. So. So I think for me the way femininity affected me and the fact that I'm not really feminine, but it's not because it's, it's not a way of me like resisting or something. It's just, it's just that I don't care that much. I don't know. I don't shave my legs. I don't care about the clothes I'm wearing. But again, it's not a like 
a sort of resistance or political action. It's just that I'm lazy enough to do it and <laughs> I don't want to do it. It's just that, like, I don't have the time to care about it. But I feel that a lot of people, especially men, perceive me like, it's like if they can't read me, like, if they feel scared of me being around or, like, they either think that I'm lesbian and like, why? <laughs> like, why would I be lesbian if I don't shave, for example? Or they think I'm rude, but they don't even know me. And uh, it happened to me, a lot of like male friends that I have, uh, after a while they confess that, oh, at the beginning I was scared of getting to know you because I thought you were like such a rude woman and like masculine and like <laughs> testosterone. And it's like, no, like the fact that I have like, body hair doesn't mean that I have testosterone it just means that I don't shave like we all have a lot of hair so like okay so that affects me in a different way because to some extent like I have more than like the normal amount of testosterone in a woman's body that is supposed to be there and I present as myself so at times, I probably present as who I am, as female. Like, I just present myself. I don't think it would be female or masculine. And I think that's how my family has taken it all these years. Because I'm just myself, and that's that on period. Like, nothing has ever changed. But the reality is that if you look at it biologically, like, I have more testosterone than the average human being. That's fine. It only affects me to some extent. It doesn't, like you know, discern or affect how I am as a woman or so, I still get my period and I can, I'm able to Same. give birth. <laughs> like, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. But how I present myself should not have any attachment to how I identify. I've already told you that I'm a woman. <laughs> so why should you question what I am? Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, I think it's a lot about, like, influence that you grow up with, because, like, when, when you were talking about, like, masculinity or, like, manliness or, like, how men to be scared of you, I, I, I think that, like, a lot comes with, like, me having basically only, like, I had only male cousins, I have one little brother, I have... <laughs> and then, it's okay. Yeah. We're gonna do that. Yeah. Um, oh, this uh, isn't live? It's live. Uh, it's live? Yeah, it's it's live. Really? It's supposed to be edited, but we were hoping not to. Anyways, I think as you mentioned about like men being really like scared of you for being like masculine or something. I I grew up with a lot of masculine expectations because I have I have a little brother, I had only male cousins at that time, a lot of our family friends like kids were boys, so the thing that my parents compared me to was expectations of masculinity so I feel like in the later years it has been like much easier for me to accom accommodate those like masculine expectations into like my conversation and the way that like I perform if that makes sense and instead of like that like the very generic kind of like feminine expectations of you know I don't know having a tea party and cutting your no cutting your nails like doing your nails and doing yeah. all that girly girly stuff has felt like very weird mm -hmm. and I and I think that that has become like a conflict where I'm trying to see that like okay femininity is actually good and I can actually enjoy it because like 
for you to have been raised in a, like basically I want to say like an internal society where like it was um, your male counterparts you know how they were raised and what they were supposed to be being imposed upon you was it's really it's not expected for you being a female for the most part so for them to tell you that oh I know you're supposed to be more masculine and we expected you to be a tomboy that's actually quite interesting for me because I would say for like for the for my father's side of the family for example I have um, only two cousins who are in my age group and um, I know I used to hang out with them all the time both of them are male and I used to hang out with them all the time well, that <laughs> anyway, so I used to hang out with them all the time, and we used to go like feed sheep and feed cows and whatever. You know what? What? What male people used to do? And I would come back, and my mother would be like, "Aren't you washing the dishes?" Or like my grandma would be like, "Oh, like go to the kitchen," and I'm like, "In the you play you, because like why?" should um, and that actually that that brings us to an underlying issue of like why should roles be defined like if people want to eat they should go and cook if people want to get clean dishes they should go and wash them because a lot of the time in the traditional setting that i live in basically like my my mom's mom's ho homestead and my dad's dad's homestead my grandparents it's like each time i go up country to where they live it's like girls are expected to be in the kitchen and wash dishes and boys are expected to wash cars or like go herd the <laughs> fucking cows am i allowed to curse on this show i'm not sure or like <laughs> go fucking feed the cows i don't fucking know like it was always no it was always like very like superficial basic things which i did right because i was like i'm a bad bitch you can't kill me so like they were like billy go wash the dishes and i was like no i'm gonna go feed the goats like who's gonna stop me period and you know that's very interesting me. No, I. Wow. <laughs> I I find it, cause like, I I had this like huge difference, cause whenever. Um, my family has a has a has a summer house. It always sounds so posh. I'm trying to explain that it's a common culture. <laughs> Back home, anyways, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like, family heritage in it. Back home, everybody does everything. You you want to eat some food? My dad cooks us dinner. It doesn't like division of labor by your gender. It doesn't really like exist. Mm. And then we go to our summer place. Then we go to this cabin, and suddenly there's this division where my stepdad and my uncle are literally building like a shed on the yard. Well, my mum and I are in the kitchen cooking us dinner. Interesting. And there, there's a there's a whole lot of transition in it that just happens and I mean like it somehow like naturally devises I mean like last summer I remember getting somehow really freaked out how my brother was always asked like go and chop the chop the wood versus I was always asked to make the salad and that never happens at home within like 
with within house chores or anything it's like that's equal but suddenly when we go there it's all back in that same transition mm -hmm. um yeah and then i guess for me it's also having the freedom to do those things because i genuinely enjoy cooking so like i don't i don't mind doing it because i enjoy it but I also don't think that I respect and understand that just because I like to do it and I'm a woman doesn't mean every woman has to also like cooking. Like it's mm. it's based on individuality. And I think the problem with those sorts of neg like negative perceptions almost makes women afraid to be feminine because it almost seems like if you if you embrace some part, it's like people can't understand the complexity that you don't have to... Like, I can wear short skirts and not like cooking. Like, it, it doesn't all fit into this nice, neat little package. Like, we're all complex beings. So there's parts of me that are more stereotypically masculine and parts of me that are more stereotypically feminine. Like, I'm not just one thing yeah see now that segues us beautifully into like our next like point which is how is femininity viewed in popular culture and i think for you to say that like you know how you said like short skirts should not be viewed like being in the kitchen and cooking that's perfect because for me like on a personal level what i saw in the media is that you know I'm sure all of you have seen this thing of like what a perfect wife should be, like mm. perfect wife should like stay home, you know, cook for her husband, you know, mm. should always make sure that she's properly, you know, presented. Basically, a trophy, essentially. <laughs> and to a personal level, I feel like my mother ticks all those boxes. Mm. She's always properly presented. She makes sure they sit at home for her husband. And she makes sure like all the children are like healthy and fine and whatever, and um, the effort it takes me to watch her do that, or the effort it takes her because she's a working woman still. She still yeah. has to go out and produce like some sort of like profit or outcome or like upkeep for her family. You get me? So like, it's. You know, femininity should not be viewed in comparison with being a woman because femininity, once you say the word many times, it kind of loses meaning at the end. Mm -hmm. And that's with everything. If you say the word femininity 3,000 times, what's it going to mean after that? That your tongue is tired. Right, your tongue is tired. <laughs> <laughs> the word means nothing. You just never want to speak it again, and it becomes something else that in it, that's integrated into society, and that's mm. that on period. Mm. You get me. Yeah. And <clears throat> also the point of like, do I have to be female to be feminine? Like, wh what's that about? <laughs> like, so it's not connected to being feminine you can't assign a sexual orientation to the way in which someone chooses to present themselves and I think that's 
part of the issue that we have attributed quote-unquote features to what and this I guess is a bit of a tangent or from just femininity but as a whole we've attributed sexual orientations based on the way that people present themselves which is mm -hmm. you know slightly problematic uh yeah So basically, yeah, just to add on to that, like, to some extent, like, I have a lot of friends who, maybe not a lot, but, <laughs> I mean, I live in Kenya, I live in Africa, so, it's a limited market, but anyway, <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are very feminine, I mean, stereotypically feminine, I mean, I'm sure when I say a gay person, what comes to mind is, like, like, a very, like, hand-flaring, you know, very extravagant individual. And um, basically most gay and non-gay people are ostracized for having feminine qualities. And I think the word even feminine qualities is very like ambiguous. You get me? And I feel like in this day and age, like they shouldn't be like, oh, he's feminine because he does this and this and this and this. Because feminine means different things to different female and male people. To some extent, saying I'm happy might equate, or maybe not equate, but it's as ambiguous as saying I am I'm feminine. Because I could be happy and smiling and clapping my hands so people can see clearly that I'm happy. Or I could be happy, not showing any emotion, but I feel in my heart that I'm happy. It's the same way I could be feminine and like, you know, flipping my hair, you know, doing the little snapping thing, you know, like, like, it doesn't make sense to me in this day and age. Yeah, and for me, I think it's, I don't know, it's a term that really confused me my entire life. Like, so I was playing football with the boys in the school backyard during the break, and all my friends in primary school were boys. I never really made with the girls, so I, I don't know, my entire childhood, and even now I'm really confused, even though, like, yeah, I identify as a female, and, but, like, does that really define me, like, I don't even know how to explain, you know, um, yeah, this is awesome, please help. Yeah, I saw, like, <laughs> I don't remember what it was where did I read that? But it was something of a, of a, like, that once you realize that you can kind of, like, pick a mix of, like, yeah, masculine and exactly. feminine and androgynous mm -hmm. traits and what people would call that, you, you really start to live freely <laughs> after that, after you kind of, like, not mold yourself into that mode. But I guess, it, it, I guess it's just, like, about self-exploration because, like, the mm -hmm. same, like, feminine things never felt natural to me but I've grown into them and like for example do my hair and putting effort into my outlook caring for now that sounds really bad if I say caring for other people it's <laughs> 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 like a feminine trait but um yeah sort of like embracing that feminine side has only come with like with age into the picture and that has kind of like liberated me out of the way but at the same time like keeping my sort of like the things that I consider masculine at the same time I feel like it just like it gives you freedom it gives you a playground 
that you can have and it doesn't like it doesn't have to come like I can still identify as a woman and kind of like pick and mix with my appearance and it doesn't change what I identify as with my gender mm -hmm. mm. and like to define womanhood as being feminine is just the most dumbest thing <laughs> I, I personally say just to offer a different perspective, I agree with both of you as much as I can possibly can. But I also understand the different perspectives of like what, how, or why people view womanhood and femininity to be almost synonymous, right? So living in a world where things are becoming very expensive, you get me? Like people are becoming different. Like being a woman is not just having a vagina in this day and age, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So femininity in the same way is evolving at the same rate that how you identify us is changing. So I think we also need to be conscious as well as a feminist club to be conscious because I think I identify as an intersectional feminist. I don't know if all of you, yeah. I think all of us identify as intersectional, yeah. uh, intersectional feminists. So I think our role in like the feminist community is kind of like to be up to date with what feminism feminism is in this day and age right mm -hmm. <laughs> so what i've learned today is that femininity doesn't just come in one package yeah and i guess uh you know it doesn't matter how feminine we are like it's at the end it's just like a social norm or a social convention that is telling you to be one way and yeah um i i definitely think it's really relevant that in today's age um femininity is not just defined to as you know billy said having a vagina but um what that just made me think of was i saw this post and it was basically of a transgender and they were like they had a red spot and they were like oh like period problems aren't just um problems for people with a vagina or something like that and i was like have we done too much like sometimes mm. i wonder mm. that with that Thanks. about our generation oh, like definitely. like we do too much mm -hmm. like I don't really know where they're trying to go with that. Like, you no, don't bleed. One. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. And then why do you feel like you have to portray that in order to identify as a woman? Like, mm. I, yeah. I, I do wonder about the extremes that sometimes we swing through. And I think those extremes make it harder for past generations to accept us. Because it's easy to take the few pockets of people that are extreme like i would call that an extreme example when i say extreme i mean like are you serious right now like you don't have a period like that yeah. you know that's not your struggle like don't yeah. don't and i think older generations sort of exploit on on those few that kind of are doing the most and it devalue devalues mm -hmm. like delegitimizes the entire movement, in a sense. Mm. Anyway, so, 
in conclusion, like I think what Sierra said kind of like leads into our next conversation on this podcast. Um, then again, my name is Billy. I am from Kenya and I am part of the FEMPER group of LPC UWC. My name is Sierra. I'm from Bermuda. And yeah, I'm also a part of the FEMPO QC as Lipo Chun. Hong Kong. I'm Manu from Argentina, also a member. And I'm Aina from Finland, also a member of FEMPO Lipo Chun United World College of Hong Kong. In feminism. We totally messed that up. I'm like, okay, we're gonna do that again. Three, two, one. In, In feminism, we trust. trust. Period. 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 On God, boom, look at Rastafari, bitch. Okay. So thank you, thank you for tuning into a podcast today. Um, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for the next one. It's gonna be a very interesting topic, and that's Rastafari. Period. On God. And future events coming, hopefully. Stay tuned to our Instagram page, which, which is. is F you know what? Turn your post notifications on. Oh, how about that? So it's F dot empo. Yeah, so F dot empo. Or just find F dot E M P O. Period. Yeah, there we go. But not a period at the end of. Actually, yeah. I don't even come, come with me. I don't have social media. Anyway, <laughs> stay tuned and we love you and thank you for staying tuned for this long. Time. We love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>